This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. The living room is where you make some of life's most beautiful memories, but your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture from Ashley Store is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley Store's high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, comfortable, and easy to clean for more mess and less stress. Shop the life-resistant, high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. On the last episode of Solvable, we learned more about Gwendolyn May Clemens, the biological mother of baby Alicia Heinrich, the same baby whose tiny body was found in Mississippi's Escatapa River in December 1982. Figuring out what happened to Gwen became an ever-evolving mystery for Mississippi law enforcement and Gwen's family in Missouri. We know from talking with Gwen's sister, Teresa, and her sister-in-law, Aunt Alicia, that baby Alicia's father, Gwen's first husband, was named Rick Heinrich. Rick and Gwen divorced shortly after baby Alicia's birth, and Rick is no longer alive. Gwen's second husband, a man we're calling James, revealed that his marriage to Gwen was also brief and ended in divorce. But unlike the reason Gwen and Rick split up, which was alcohol use on Rick's part, Gwen and James broke up for a very different reason. Well, I found out that a Web City policeman was making routine visits to my house and partaking in extracurricular activities with my wife. Well, I basically caught him in the act. And the way I found this out was I started seeing cigarette butts in the ashtray next to the bed that weren't mine and she didn't smoke. James says he and Gwen hadn't been married long before this Web City policeman came into the picture. Just like we're doing for James, We've decided to use a pseudonym for the man Gwen was involved with to protect his family and Mississippi authorities' current investigation. Going forward, we'll refer to the Web City police officer as Philip. While interviewing James last year, we asked him if he'd ever met Philip in person and if he could explain how Gwen and Philip's affair started. He said that around the time Gwen and James started seeing one another, after she divorced Rick, a man had come by James's house unannounced, and the Web City police had to be called. <coughs> Philip was one of the responding officers. Here's how I met him. Her ex or something showed up on my porch one day and was wanting to talk to her, and she didn't want to talk to him, so I told him to get the hell off the porch. And he wouldn't get off the porch. I said, you better get off the porch and... In the meantime, I picked up the phone and called cops. Cops come down there, and he was one of the cops. After that incident, 
that's when he started showing up because he knew I wasn't home. He showed up in the police car. He was working and on duty. And a police car had set out there for hours. I started talking to neighbors and stuff. Yeah, I was working and paying the bills. She didn't work. After James uncovered the affair, Gwen left him. It's at that point that Teresa, Gwen's sister, believes Gwen moved to Michigan for a few months. Teresa isn't sure if Philip went with her or not. While living in Michigan, Gwen wrote Teresa a letter. It's dated November 2nd, 1982, which is just five weeks before baby Alicia's body showed up in the Escatapa River in Mississippi. Obtaining a copy of the letter was critical for our team to understand the frame of mind Gwen was in in late 1982. It gives us just a little insight into the mystery of her and her daughter's life during that time period. Here's a voice actor reading Gwen's handwritten words with the name of the Webb City police officer substituted as Philip. Dear Teresa, hello, how is everybody? I'm okay, I guess a little lonely here all by myself, but it's worth it to have Philip. I guess it's only supposed to be a couple more weeks, around November 15th. I wish it would hurry up. You should have seen Alicia dressed up for Halloween. Of course, I couldn't find a costume little enough for her. So I bought her some little girl's play makeup and painted her face like a clown. She was really cute. Everyone talked about her smile. She even tried to say trick-or-treat a couple of times. Her new words are rain and I fall. She's really taking up a storm now when she wants to, of course. I took a few pictures of her over the weekend. I'll send you one. You know... I can't remember when I felt so in love, romantically in love. It's beautiful, almost too good to be true sometimes. One reason, because I never thought it would happen, and two, it really feels great. I know it sounds dumb, maybe, or like high school stuff, but I just feel so good about it. Besides, I don't care if we're acting like high school lovers, where I'm happy. And we'll be even more happy when we are finally together, once again, to share each other in every way possible. True love. Ah, well, gotta go, got things to do, so see you later. Love you all, Gwen and Alicia. Because Gwen mentions in this letter that she's in Michigan alone, missing Philip, and eager for them to finally be together again, I think it's safe to say, for that few brief months Gwen was in Michigan with baby Alicia, Philip, the Webb City police officer, didn't accompany her. According to Gwen's former sister-in-law, Aunt Alicia, at some point, while either still living in Michigan or after returning to Missouri, Gwen and Philip reunited, like Gwen had said she hoped they would in her letter. It's at that point, Aunt Alicia says Gwen and Philip made the decision to start a new life together and move out of state, like really far out of state, Florida. Then she met a policeman there in Joplin that uh, she started having, you know, relationship with. And I, I joked with her, and I said, well, you went from, my brother was like this alcohol, and I said, you went from him to a policeman. <laughs> Philip was allegedly going to quit his job as a Webb City police officer and leave his wife and three kids to run away with Gwen. Together with baby Alicia, the couple planned to move to the Sunshine State and open a dog grooming business. In our interview, Teresa, Gwen's sister, explained that right before leaving for Florida, Gwen baby Alicia, and Philip stayed with Teresa and Gwen's parents for a few days. So she come down um, and was here for, it wasn't a week, maybe five days, I think. 
few days and came down here to Joplin and met up with him. And they stayed here a couple of days at my parents' house and loaded up all of her furniture and her little girl and left to go to Florida, we thought. Aunt Alicia remembers Gwen and Alicia's departure for Florida, too. The memory still plays vividly in her mind to this day. I know that right before she left, she had come in to where I worked at and told me that she was leaving town, but she wanted me to be part of the baby's life. And she wanted my address and stuff so she could keep me updated with pictures and stuff to uh, communicate with her that way. She said she'd always keep in touch and make sure the baby knew, you know, part of the family that since, you know, they weren't together no more, she still wanted her to be part of the family. Her boyfriend was in the car with the baby and she came in. She was excited the last time I seen her because she says that they were going to move and it's going to make a new life for themselves. She said she thought it'd be best for her. Aunt Alicia remembers questioning Gwen about why she wanted to move so far away from her family and friends in Missouri. Joplin is more than a thousand miles away from Florida, and it takes at least a full day of driving to get there. Probably more like two days if you have a baby with you. At the time, Gwen was very close with her father, and Aunt Alicia figured so much distance would be hard on Gwen, especially because she had a baby to care for. She's very, very, very close to her dad. And I told her, I said, isn't that going to bother you to move away from your dad? She goes, yeah, she says, you know, it would be an adjustment. Aunt Alicia had no idea until months later that her conversation with Gwen in November 1982 would be their last. She says now, if she'd known she'd never hear from Gwen again, maybe she would have tried to convince her not to move to Florida. But hindsight is always 2020 in cases like this. When Gwen and Philip left Missouri together around Thanksgiving of 1982, Gwen had not technically finalized her divorce with her second husband, James. According to James, he initially filed the paperwork, but a few weeks later, when it came time for the actual divorce proceedings in court, Gwen didn't show up. They took off to Florida. He left his wife, she left me, and they went to Florida. And that's the last I saw. I got a divorce, I, I called an attorney to get me out of this marriage. <laughs> we weren't married, but like six months. I contacted the lawyer like right after we split up, but it wasn't very long and it was over at that point. I went to court, she didn't show up, the judge granted the divorce and that's the way it was. James told us in his interview that after the divorce was official, he didn't really think about Gwen and Philip again. He never knew what part of Florida they moved to, and for him, that's where everything that had to do with Gwen ended. Meanwhile, unknown to James, Philip had returned to Missouri in late December 1982. Gwen's family immediately became suspicious because Philip showed up alone. His abrupt return was only a short time after he and Gwen had left for Florida. Gwen, Alicia, and the U-Haul full of their belongings were nowhere to be found. There's mixed information in the police records about exactly how long Philip was gone before he returned from Florida. But it is our belief that the most accurate estimate came from Philip's wife. Sergeant Eddie Clark interviewed her in 2020 
during Mississippi investigators' second trip to Missouri. We made contact with his wife. She was very knowledgeable on this because it was very traumatic for her. She remembered the exact date because her husband disappears with the family vehicle. He wasn't law enforcement, but a side job. They, they did the, uh, there was the dog groomers there in Joplin, and they also done the, uh, the pet setting, right? And she remembered it extremely well because it was Thanksgiving, 1982, and people were wanting to bring their, you know, board their dogs oh, to go out of town to visit relatives, and he had took off with the van. Didn't tell her anything. So, of course, you know, she remembered it well. She remembered reaching out to his friends. That's when she found out he was having an affair, found out the girl's name. Eddie and the other investigators on his team also took time during their second trip to Missouri to speak with Phillip's former co-workers from the Webb City Police Department. Back in 1982, the subject of Gwen and baby Alicia and Phillip's involvement with them was no secret. We talked with a lot of his cop friends, too, and they, they also knew, you know, that he was having an affair and, you know, knew the circumstances, uh, knew that he had run off with her. But it seems like the only one that didn't know was wife. Eddie says that Philip's wife only learned about the details of her husband's affair when Philip called her a few weeks after Thanksgiving of 1982. He was in a panic and had an alarming story to tell. According to a recent interview Mississippi investigators conducted with Philip's wife in Missouri, Back in 1982, Philip called home shortly after leaving Missouri with Gwen and baby Alicia. He explained to his wife that he was in Florida and claimed he was out of his mind and didn't know how he got there. Here's Sergeant Eddie Clark, a current investigator on Gwen's case, to explain Philip's wife's interview more. That she received a phone call saying, hey, I'm in Florida, I don't know how to hear I don't know, I've lost my mind, I went completely crazy, I don't know how I got here, I don't know what I'm doing here, can I please come home? And she, she let him come home. Back in 1982, when all of this was going down, Gwen's first husband, Rick, who had long been divorced from Gwen, and his sister, who we know as Aunt Alicia, began to question the situation and Philip's story. Aunt Alicia said back in 1982, she did find it strange that she never heard from her sister-in-law in the weeks after her move. I mean, after all, Gwen had made that special trip to stop by Aunt Alicia's work before moving to Florida to make sure that Gwen had everyone's addresses so she could send letters and pictures of baby Alicia. When I never heard from her, you know, and then her dad never heard from her, you know, I just, I knew something had happened. When Philip returned to Missouri in 1982 without Gwen and Alicia, Gwen's father spoke with him. Unfortunately, Due to the fact that her father died before Mississippi investigators could interview him recently, they're not completely certain what exactly he and Philip discussed. But based on other interviews with family members, authorities gathered that Philip told Gwen's father that shortly after leaving for Florida, he had taken Gwen to Kansas City to meet up with a wealthy man from Oklahoma who had a yacht. According to Philip, Gwen and Alicia left with this man. Unfortunately for investigators, nowadays Gwen's family members can't remember the name of the man with the yacht that Philip claimed Gwen had gone with. 
Sergeant Eddie Clark told us that Philip's wife eventually did allow him to return home to her and their three kids, but she had some requirements. She made him uh, go to the psychiatrist when he came back because of how he was acting. She said she wouldn't even let him in the house around their children. He agreed he goes to the psychiatrist for a couple of weeks. A few weeks into those psychiatric appointments, Philip's wife received a concerning phone call from the doctor. The psychiatrist contacts her and says, hey, you're wasting your money. This guy's a pathological liar. We're never going to get anywhere with this. You know, you're just throwing money down her drain. She agreed. She let him, agreed to let him come back home. They stayed together for a few more years and eventually divorced. She was very protective, mostly of her children. They have three kids together. I think she knows something happened. You know, and she didn't want her kids to have any idea their father could have possibly been a murderer. Back in 1982, and in the years that followed, nobody in Missouri really questioned Philip about his bizarre story, where he claimed he dropped Gwen off with a man in Oklahoma who had a yacht. Gwen's father and ex-husband Rick, who are now both dead, had their doubts that Philip was being honest, but they couldn't prove anything. Everyone else just seemed to accept that Gwen and baby Alicia were with another man. They thought that perhaps that she'd had another change of heart in a fleeting moment of frustration with Philip. Maybe she just wanted to live her life on her own. No one really knew. After a few years, Aunt Alicia remembers Rick, her brother, longing for answers as to what happened to his biological daughter. He knew that he had not been the best father to baby Alicia or husband to Gwen because of his alcoholism. But he lived until his dying breath, wanting to know where his daughter had ended up. I know just like two weeks my brother passed away. He says, you know, he worked at a store in Texas. And he told me, he says, every time a girl comes in my work, I always look at her and say, I wonder if that could be my daughter. We always thought maybe someone had took the baby and raised her as their own. We always hoped that she was okay somewhere. Mm -hmm. Someone just took her and raised her as their own and someday we'd find her. But we never dreamed nothing like this would have happened to her. According to Aunt Alicia, Rick died long before Mississippi police connected with Teresa and Joplin and formally ID'd baby Alicia as the baby who'd been killed and dumped in the Escatapa River. Now, knowing the truth about what happened to baby Alicia and what is suspected of happening to Gwen is hard for Aunt Alicia to comprehend. I just go back and I keep thinking, you know, how could you kill a baby? They could have, she was little enough, they could have dropped her off someplace or something. But why kill her? You know, I, I just, I don't understand people's thoughts. I mean, it's a little 18-month-old baby. She didn't hurt nobody. She, you know, I don't know the situation with Gwen. I just know that she would never let nothing happen to that baby intentionally. So whoever did it, I don't know if they, I don't know. I always think, did they separate them? Did they kill the baby first or breaks my heart how you could even always fear, you know, Gwen had an, an awful traumatic ending to her life. Mm-hmm. But I just, I can't believe that they would do that to a baby too. It is an incomprehensible thought. Someone taking baby Alicia away from Gwen and killing her and killing Gwen at the same time or afterwards. It's a theory that by this point in our investigation seems so likely. But it's not the only theory that law enforcement has had to consider. In Jackson County, 
we joined investigators as they gathered to review the updates in the case and discuss theories, including how they could pursue leads like Philip's story all of these years later. But we've accomplished a lot. I mean, we potentially have an ID for the child, a ID for the mama, and now last person that's seen alive, if the information's good, then we gotta find him if he ain't dead. Yeah, that's, I just think that the U-Haul guy, which is that's what I call him, um, is that he's either gonna have information of where she got out, or else he's the guy that killed them both. That's on the next episode of Solvable. 